I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. On today's episode, we have Dr. Kara Niemdia. She is a passionate nutritionist who works with black women who have been struggling with feelings of guilt and shame around their eating habits to help them build a healthy relationship with food and empower them to respect their bodies and move away from diets. Kara believes food is not only the fuel for our bodies, but also our heritage and tradition. Kara brings together her nutrition expertise and her multicultural background, African, Caribbean, and African-American to help her clients define for themselves authentic health beyond weight and size and make helpful choices without feeling deprived. Kara has been working as a nutrition expert for eight years in the food industry and in academia internationally. Kara was trained in France and holds a PhD in nutrition science and a master's in food science. You can find her on Instagram at black period nutritionist. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited. I would like for you to start off telling the listeners where you started with your social media business and where you are now. So I started with nothing. I just had a vague idea of what I wanted to do. And now I have an IG account, followers. I have a nutrition group program and I have, and my, I feel like I'm getting closer to my dream. So yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to see someone go from nothing, like no account, no program, just an idea and just being able to realize it's possible. Your dreams are absolutely possible. Exactly. And can you share with us the type of client you work with now and what your current niche is? Yes, of course. So the clients I'm working with is a Black woman around 30s. She's been dieting a lot. So um, yo-yo dieting. She is proud of her identity, so either African-American or Caribbean, and she heard of intuitive eating and, you know, having a healthy relationship with food, but she doesn't know how to break from dieting, and especially because the advocates of intuitive eatings are mostly white women, and they can't understand her struggles. Ooh, that's a very, very powerful niche. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that the struggle to have a positive relationship with food, especially when you start looking at it from a cultural perspective is so unique. And it's uh, so sensitive. So kudos to you for seeing that this is definitely an area that needs more support and more resources. And you're there to be that support and resource for them. Yes. And thank you for saying that. Because I doubted a lot about that niche. I wasn't sure for a long time that there were women out there with that struggle and I push it and I'm super happy to see that there are women like that and I'm going to be able to help them. So 
Very, yeah. Very excited. So you were, as a follow-up question, it's a good point that you brought up. You weren't sure if they were out there. How did you come to know that they were? Are they DMing you? Are they replying to your stories? Can you share with the listeners what it means now that you are, they're reaching out to you? Yeah. So yeah, that definitely I have, when I post content, I have a lot of comments. They are DMing me. I have a lot, so many DMs about women telling me that I'm helping them, that it's the first time they see that uh, a nutritionist telling them about their struggles. And so it's, it's so rewarding. And uh, that's exactly why I wanted to do that. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what's a really important point that she noted is a lot of people go into starting their online business using the social media platform, Instagram, is that they think that their idea is just not good or they haven't taken the time and time is a key word to validate it. And if you, if it's not validated within a few weeks, people often give up, but Kira, you persevered. I would say, and we were talking about this again, off the record in our Facebook group, your reach and everything for your content has like almost 10 X. I feel like since you committed to sticking with it, which is amazing to see. Yes. It's so good. And I can believe it to be honest when I was, Telling people around me what I wanted to do, a lot of people told me it's not going to work <laughs> because most of Black women are interested in we- are interested in weight loss, so it's not possible. And so I really had to focus and and believe in myself and you know keep applying the methods to see. And I I told myself you need to keep pushing and see and give you time. And yes, it's working. So so happy. Yeah. Yay. So glad to hear. So glad to hear. And this leads to a next point. So I'm kind of hearing that your niche hasn't evolved. So you started out here? Yes. So it has evolved, but I came back. So I started there and, but I was doubting and I was, I wanted to explore. I wasn't sure because I thought maybe it was a body confidence because it's related actually food guilt and body confidence or body respect are related. And I'm actually talking about this, but I wasn't sure what was the main struggle. So I kind of, you know, investigated and tried different, how do you say that? Like content? Yeah, content and topics and topics. But if I very quickly came back to food guilt and chronic dieters so yeah it's good to explore and just iron it all out because one of the biggest things that you just said is figuring out what's the biggest problem and you may not know that right out the gate it might take you four weeks it might take you 12 weeks to figure it out but once you figure it out everything else is like whoa like it's like the biggest floodgates of success and everything just shows up for you when you show up being able to talk about the biggest problem that's so true. Everything is uh, more easier, even the content creation, like everything. So I'm happy I, I found it. And thank you. Yeah, super excited. So did you, you kind of hinted that this was a part of your plan that you've had this dream. So can you share with us, like what made you want to start and take it to this next level? Yeah, that's a good question. I have two things, I guess, is from my personal experience because I grew up some in a family where my mother, I've always seen her dieting. So I knew that was some, at the beginning, I just wanted to help her when I started to work on this topic. And then I realized that this problem was much bigger than just my mother or my aunt because other people was reach, were reaching out to me. And to be honest, I ne- I'm a nutrition scientist, so... 
I was working, I'm working with other scientists and I working with people wasn't my first intention, but people started to reach out to me and asking for help. And I realized there was something, there was something missing that no other nutritionist was, was addressing. So that's how I start thinking, oh, maybe there is something for me and I should try it. So I love it. Because embarking on this journey, oftentimes the first step you need to take is just being interested or having something pique your interest. And you're a research scientist, so you love a good research question. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> so for you, it's kind of cool in, a, in a, like a meta science manner. Like I love exploring tough questions in the universe and finding solutions. So exactly, it was my own studies this time, not the one because where I work, I don't decide. And for for once, I decide. I decided. So <laughs> love it. And what a powerful question to figure out. Like how can I help these women break free of dieting and communicate to them that this is the way? What a powerful research. And not only that, you're actually able to help them in the process, which is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. So part of you being able to show up and find these ideal clients and get all these DMs and get all these comments involves you building no like, and trust. So can you share with the listeners like one or two tips for how they can get on Instagram and build no like, and trust so they can attract their ideal client? <laughs> I think the first tip I would give them is to do it, even if it's ugly or if you think it's ugly, because you're going to learn from that. So really, when I'm thinking about my first stories, it's not good. Let's say I don't think it's good, but I would have never been to where I am today without them. So I would say do it. Even if you don't like it, do it. The second one is really try to, I'm trying to imagine I have a friend in front of me and she's really looking for an advice. And I try, I'm trying to be concise because she's not going to listen to me forever. And I need to go straight to the point and being able to, to help her in a minute. So that's, that's how I do it. <laughs> and um, that would be my tip. Oh my God, that's a good one. Every time I do these interviews, I'm always like ready with my pencil and my, my note paper. You guys don't see me because you guys are listening to the audio and I capture so many good tips and nuggets. That's my biggest takeaway from you so far. I know I'm going to get a few more is that your friends in front of you, she doesn't want to listen to you forever get to the point within a minute, but it's okay if it's a little messy. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and a big part of getting on the internet in particular, getting on Instagram and being on this platform is setting yourself up to think about the bigger picture, like how many people you can serve as well as how much money you can make. So what are some of your short and learn long-term money goals that you have for yourself? Yes. So my, would be my short-term money goal would be 5k a month. And I would be confident to, for now it's a side business, but I would be confident to be a full-time Black nutritionist of, if I reach 10K a month. Yeah. My goals. Love it. It's going to happen. We're going to put it out in the universe. Good energy. I have my crystals right here. So <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, and Sometimes people setting goals like this, it can be very scary. I know when you start saying, oh my God, you're working for yourself, making 5K, 10K, initially it sounds like 
scary. And for those mm-hmm. listeners are like, how is this possible? And it all stems from like a money story or belief about money. So can you share your money story and what beliefs you had about money and how you've worked to like overcome that? So you can confidently say, I'm going for 10K months. Very interesting. For me, I already have my nine to five job is I have a good salary. So I really want to help and to do what I love, but I cannot be lower than what I am today. And so what I'm looking for by working for myself is being able to have the flexibility with my family, being able to be my own boss, but I don't want it to give up on the money, money Mm -hmm. piece. So that's why I would say that's my main history Mm -hmm. around money for this business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good reason. And it's something about the flexibility piece, because to be able to make the same money, if not more than your current job and have the flexibility, that would be worth it to you. And that's a good, that's a really big why. Exactly. And can you share with the listeners now that you have gotten to this point where you're like, I, I have my reason why I know that I have to work through this money story that I have and be able to show up and grow my business on Instagram they need to know now how they're able to do that. So can you tell us how you're using Instagram to grow your business? You can maybe walk us through your content creation process and then how you're able to put words on your graphics or whatever you're talking about, where you're getting those insights from. Thank you. So I started at the beginning getting insights by doing interviews. I had the women around me and the women who were like the women I'm trying to attract what is their biggest problem, what have they tried before. So I started like that. And then um, when I started to have, so that's how I was getting wording to create content. And I'm trying to be consistent and pub- and publish content every week, at least five, five times. So that's my goal for every, to, be, to really keep pushing for it. Even if sometimes I'm, if, especially at the beginning, I wasn't very comfortable because I really, really, I wasn't sure what to say on my content. And then gradually, when I started to have more DMs, I always asked to my followers what resonated the most with, with you on my page. And from that, I'm able to have a content that is even more relevant. And then I started to look at my insights and see what's mm-hmm. resonating with people, what's driving reach or uh, website clicks. And this is how I selected the most relevant content to keep recreating those. So that's how I do. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is essentially the life cycle of it. A lot of people need to come to terms with it's a process. But the best way to start is, like you said, interviewing people around you. People always forget you have a network of existing people. If there's someone that's even 60 or 70 percent like your ideal client, they're worth talking to until you get to the point like what you said, where people are gradually DMing you and you're able to like get even more specific words because now the people messaging you are like 80, 90 or 100% like your IC. But part of it is just getting out there versus I don't know anyone that that's like this and just like sit there and not post anything. Who's the, the closest person you can find? Interview them, use that information because you're right. Consistency really does help and so does collecting the data from what did well before which is actually why I'm going to add another sidebar question, not to throw you off. I know you can answer it. So I'm going to throw it at you. How long did it used to take you to create content before? (laughs) 
because we've joked about this because she said it was a struggle to post and she didn't know what to post how long did it take you before and then like as it within like the last month how long does it take you yeah (laughs) so it used to take me maybe a whole weekend of struggle maybe I would spend two four five hours thinking about what can I say and now it's taking me 30 minutes for the whole week so I'm even shocked myself when I just, I start at uh, 11 p.m. and finish at 11.30 because I have a work, you know, I do that late and and it's done. <laughs> Yay, that's a big win because I often hear a lot of people say, I don't have time to grow an Instagram business. I'm not great at doing this. But once you create systems and you follow the method and you realize the process for recreation, you can literally do everything in 30 minutes. People, it, it might take you four or five in the beginning. Even I was there. I was like, what am I doing? But now <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can do 30 minutes. Everyone has 30 minutes. So I exactly. love that you shared that. <laughs> I would think, how can I do that? Get new clients. And, you know, it's not possible. It's not going to fit. And now I understand, I understand that it does, yeah. it does fit. Awesome. And on the topic of like transitioning, can you share what your Instagram feed looked like before compared to now? And I guess this question, I know you started from from zero, but maybe in terms of your messaging, maybe and how you were able to go from flip flopping a little bit to being more clear, like sharing some more insights about that. So for me, honestly, the biggest change is that I've, I'm fully embracing my message and what I wanted to say because at the beginning when I started. I knew I wanted to talk about cultural foods. I knew I wanted to talk about the specific struggle of my IC, but I was also talking about food freedom in general. And I was trying to imitate the other dietitians who are in the food freedom space. And then it took me a bit, I think a bit too long, but it took me a long time to realize that my value was my difference and that I needed to fully embrace my message and say exactly what I wanted to say and that I didn't so because I'm you know advocating for women to be themselves and embrace themselves but I wasn't fully embracing my message and I think now the big change is that I'm fully saying what I have to say I'm not afraid and even if I don't look like the other uh, dietitians on food freedom it's I love it actually because that's that different that make my I think to stand out yeah exactly it it definitely oh my god that's so powerful I often joke I'm trying to start an Etsy shop with all the quotes that I hear on this podcast and one thing that really again you've said so many amazing things so much you're asking women to fully embrace themselves but you weren't fully embracing your own message Ooh, I felt that and and I totally feel you on copying what was already being done and out there And there's something about it. I often refer to it as doing the steps, doing the process, doing all the things, but not truly embodying it. Like some people like I'm doing everything. And then I often say, but do you feel it? Is your heart in it? Or are you just saying, I have this checklist of things to do in this program and I did them. So things should happen versus I wasn't really aligned. I wasn't allowing myself to really speak what really needed to be said. And I think that's like a, a brilliant aha that when you land on it, it's just like, yeah, it may, you may think it took you forever, but you got there. And to exactly. me, that's more rewarding than you just not getting there at all. I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. 
And what advice would you give someone who wants to start getting out there and trying to start speaking to their IC in a genuine way and they want to show their face and they're struggling? So what's some advice you would give? Because you said you were struggling before. I would say it's okay to struggle and be uncomfortable, but I think it's part of the process. You have to embrace that discomfort because this is where you're going to have the inspiration. This is where you're going to... So really, you it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm telling you this, but if you don't stop there, don't let it stop you. Keep pushing for it because you're going to... There is someone for uh, out there that is also uncomfortable, struggling, and is looking for you. So keep doing this. I love that. And another part of getting out there is starting imperfectly too. A lot of people are coming from, I have a supervisor with a checklist and um, I need to be told what to do. This is completely different, right? There is a method, there is a framework and business that you can follow that can help eliminate a lot of the barriers, but you really just have to start imperfectly. So can you share with the listeners how you started imperfectly, like what that looked like for you? Yes, I can tell you about that, especially because as, as a scientist, my identity is being perfect. So honestly, embracing that those imperfections was, was tough at the beginning, understanding that it doesn't have to be perfect because you have to start. And so what I do honestly is just doing it like I know I'm going to learn from it and I take it I take this as a you know exactly how it's a research question so it's going to evolve I understand that it's going to change and and that's fine I'm not afraid and also I'm not judging myself because I I know my question is valid my business and my purpose is valid so I'm so I have that confidence and so I'm not afraid of being judged or Oh, because it's, yeah, I, don't know how to... I definitely get what you're saying. You're not afraid of the risk and not afraid of failing because you know what you're doing serves a higher purpose. That's exactly that. I love that. And I think a lot of people like, yeah, that's so true. Being a scientist, you of all people, accuracy is like, if it's not 99.9% <laughs> within what 0.5% deviation, if the P value is what 0.5, what's it in research? 0.5, right? P value. Exactly. It's not significant. It doesn't count. And, and so we write a whole page on the limitation of our studies and we excuse ourselves for doing that studies. And that's where I'm coming from. So doing the, what I do right now, knowing that it's not good and it's going to be better tomorrow, it's, it's a big mindset shift for me. But I love it. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I totally keep forgetting. I'm like, yeah, but we're so many people that are so highly analytical. And when you think about where they're coming from, and there is something that's really holding them back because their current job is just like, there is no imperfect. You might get written up for that. That can end up with a, a study wasting six months. Like you have to remove that from your, from your life and your mind. So that's a helpful insight. <laughs> and the next question I have is like, what are some of the steps you would tell someone who just who who you think should just get out there and start like what would be step one or step two that you would say is necessary to get moving forward to start a business I would say mm -hmm. first step you don't have to do it alone so you can have help 
ask around you if people are doing the same. Think you, you're part of the community. Don't see the others as your competitors, but as friends that can give you advice that have been there before. I would say that's the first one. Then don't hesitate to work with a coach, of course, because that's what I did. I was, I didn't know. And if you want to be efficient, yeah, hire someone who, would, who can help you do that. And accept that you don't know everything that you have to learn. That the third, third tips you have to you not you don't know everything and you have to learn to listen, and do it and do what you're being told to do and and you'll see for yourself if it's working or not. But I guess for me it worked, so that that's what I would say. <laughs> Great tips, I love it because people don't really allow themselves to learn. Or listen, you can show up. How many times did you go to a lecture in college? Not you, you're, you're smarty pants. But let's just go back to maybe before you knew you, were, you wanted to be a scientist. You're just, you don't want to commit. Maybe grammar school. We'll go back to Kara and grammar school. Remember what it's like to go to a classroom and like the teacher talks and you like don't listen, but you showed up? That's oh exactly, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. You have to show up and listen and do it and be committed. There, there is a commitment piece, but... When you're not alone doing it, honestly, you have the motivation. Yeah, I totally agree. And part of being able to show up and get the systems in place is being able to have an effective sales call strategy because the money is able to flow if you can actually get on the call. And a lot of people have come to call it not even like a sales call, but really a friendly conversation. A lot of people are starting to love it in this program. So how do you approach your sales call slash friendly conversation? And how has your mindset evolved around the sales call? So at the beginning, it was very new. I didn't even realize that I had to sell anything. So, you know, it's so just framing it as a sales call is helpful because I understand that, you know, I'm not, I'm here because I have a service that I want to sell. And then so I studied the method that was given to me a lot and I practiced a lot in real time with other dietitians or dietitian boss that are in the same uh, group. And now I really understand that it's once I have that, I use it as a tool, but I'm trying to be myself because people who are booking call with me are booking a call with a black nutritionist and Kara. And so I'm really trying to be myself, listen to their struggle, listen to what they have to tell me and just being myself. But I just use that as a frame and as a, you know, to be more organized, but that's how I do it. I love that. That's because it, it should be about you and adding your personality and spend, but at least having that structure and outline of what it should be. You're like, okay, I know how to frame this out. I know what I should start with, what should be the middle, what should be the end, and how I can use certain effective language to kind of illustrate a point. So it's true. You should, at the end of the day, you know, create your own signature style, but it helps to know like, oh, okay, at least I know the order of this call, the way I'm supposed to get to the, to the point is done in a way that makes sense. Exactly. I wouldn't have been able to start this without the structure that was given to me. I wouldn't have been able to, for sure. Oh, Oh, wow. That's really helpful insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the, the last thing I would just like to end on is a note of empowerment. Can you provide a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you? Yes, I can. So I understand that at the beginning, it's something I haven't even had time to talk about. I was about to invest in a new degree as if my PhD isn't enough. 
So I was about to invest in your degree because I always felt like I know that I'm specialized in protein, but I'm not specialized in these specific topics. So I always felt I wasn't enough. And really what that program did for me is to understand that I'm the expert. I know a lot and I don't need any extra degree or I don't know, certification because not even my degree, but just who I am, my experience as a person has so much value and can help so many people. So that's, I think, the biggest things that I think I've learned from that program that I'm enough, I don't need. I can go to school or I can have certification if I want to, but because I want to, not, not because I need to. And that's a big change for me. Oh, that's powerful. I don't think you need another degree. I mean, a PhD, that is like the peak. <laughs> you must really like learning. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with being a lifelong learner. It's like you said, though, I, I was saying that totally in jest. I'm completely joking. But I think what that's an important distinguishment is wanting to versus needing to. Education's great. But to feel like you have to get another XYZ to be credible, to be able to solve your client's biggest problem, to be able to like serve at a high level is like craziness. So I, I'm glad that that was an empowerment piece for you. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this episode. It was a blast. And as a reminder, you can find her at Black Period Nutritionist on Instagram. Thanks for having me. Thanks. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.